Welcome to the Community Hotline for the community, by the community. I'm your host, Bob Fang. And today we have community member, that guy, Lewis. Why don't you introduce yourself, good sir? Hey, uh, my tag is that guy, Lewis. Uh, my name is Lewis Blackwell. Um, 33, about to be 34. Uh, and I live in Carson, California. I don't know how much more to give. Okay, that's awesome. 33, that's crazy. Remember when we were in a, when we were like in, in high school and we heard the, the number like 33? Whoa, whoa, so old. So old. Oh, man, absolutely. How do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like uh, coming into like your, your 30s? Was that, was that like a, a breaker from your 20s? Yes and no. So I remember as I was getting older and the older I got, the less I cared about getting older. And so I remember when I was younger, my birthday was this really big thing where I really cared about it and I really cared about doing stuff for it. And then as I got older, it became less and less important. And I remember when I hit my 30th birthday, uh, I didn't do anything. Uh, I, I went out to get like some food, but like not like an event, just like going out to like the PF Chang's, like picking up some food and coming home. And it was like, yeah, I guess I'm 30 now. Like, I don't feel any different. Like the thing for me, it was less about like my age and more about events that happened in my life that like felt like a big moment versus like hitting like a, a number. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when I bought my house. So when I bought my house, I was, I think, 26. And that like felt like a really big moment of like, oh, I can't go back. You know, I can't like I have to have a job forever now, you know? Uh, it's one of those things where you kind of like, I'd been working and I had become a full-time employee at the company I work for. I worked for Activision. This is maybe in my early twenties. And so I became a full-time employee. I like moved out, rented my first apartment. And that's obviously was like a big stage in my life. And it was like, okay, I'm renting my apartment, but if things go bad, I can like go back to my parents' house, right? Like, oh, obviously I don't want things to go bad, but like, I still have that thing to fall back on. And then, uh, I was looking for a house. And I finally bought a house. And once I bought a house, I'm like, I can't go back. I can't. There's no turning back now. Like, I have a mortgage, I think, just forever. Like, either I'll have a mortgage on this house or a mortgage on another house or whatever. But this is, like, my life now. Is I'm, like, that was, like, I'm a full adult now. Like, That's I have this, like, lifelong commitment to this, like, place to live. Uh, and that felt way bigger than, like, turning 30. As far as, like, a, a moment in my life where I felt like, oh, wow, I'm old. This is it. That's wild. That's wild. Okay. Buying a house. I, that's a good segue into the first topic of the day, which is money. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess, tell us, what, what is money? What's money? For me, money is the ability to do what you want and not stress about things. That's what money is to me. I think that money isn't happiness, but money is comfort, man. I I don't know if I'm happier now than when I was younger as far as like, because I make a lot more money now than I did when I was in my early 20s, but I'm way more comfortable. And that is worth so much to me where I don't stress about my bills. I don't stress about when things are due, right? And just that level of comfort in your life is worth so much. And at least like at the money that I have now, like that's what money is. Maybe 10 years from now when I'm making way more money or whatever, money becomes something different. But at the stage of my life now, like that to me is what money is. Money is, 
I go out on a date and I spend a hundred dollars on the date and I don't like wince at the bill, right? It's like, okay, cool, whatever. It's a date. Like, what do I care? But if that was me at like 23, oh, I'm hurt, right? I'm hurt and I'm like going into my Excel sheet and I'm like looking at like my things that I have coming up and it's like, oh man, I'm about to be overdrafted and I'm sick, right? Because I'm thinking about all these bills that I got coming due and I got rent and I got my card note and I got all this stuff. And now in my life, I've one, made enough money, but also made enough decisions to not overstretch myself where I'm comfortable. And so I don't really think about like the things I have to spend money on. Like I'm conscious of them and I track them, but it's not something that keeps me up at night anymore. And that's me as what money is. Money is the ability to look comfortably. Love that. Okay. What has, has your, uh, what was your, what was your understanding of money back in like high school then? None. <laughs> uh, I had no understanding of money in high school. Right. So I come from, I would say like a pretty middle-class family. Uh, so I have like my mom and dad still together. Uh, and I think about the jobs my mom and dad had, like very middle class jobs. My mom worked the post office and my dad was a truck driver. So like very like American middle class jobs. And so as a kid, we weren't rich, but I also didn't ask for a lot of stuff as a kid. So when I did ask for stuff, I got it because I, like, I, I, I remember I asked for a pair of Jordans once and I got them. And I was like, oh, man. And I never really wanted any more. Like, that was great. I got the one Jordans that I asked for. I felt awesome. But that was kind of it. I was like, all right, cool. I guess I have Jordans now, right? Uh, but I didn't have a concept of how much stuff costs. Like, I didn't get a real concept of money until I started making money. And that mm-hmm. wasn't until college. But before that, I had, like, fear. I understood, like, how much food costs, you know? Like I went to McDonald's and I bought food, but it's like, how much is a car note? How much is rent? How much are clothes? Like I kind of understood like the, the things that I bought, I understood. So I bought myself clothes. I bought myself food, but that was really it. Everything outside of that was, if you told me a house costs $500 a month or $2,500 a month, like I would believe both because I, I just didn't know any better. <laughs> what what do, you, do you think, Um, I guess, do you, do you think like, for kids, you know, I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of kids, and, and yeah. I have it's like split halfway, right? You have the kids who are working mm-hmm. in high school, and then you have the kids who are not working in high school. Yeah. Um, you think it's important for kids to like have a job in high school to learn more about money early on, or you think it's okay, like at the end of the day, if they get a job after college, it'll life will still hit them; they'll still get a big understanding. I mean, it hit me. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's hard to say. I think for me. I didn't have that, right? I was lucky enough where I didn't have to work when I was in high school, right? I just had, I just went to school, right? right? And I learned other things, but I didn't like, and I learned stuff from my parents as far as like the value of some stuff, but I didn't explicitly learn you work, this is how much you get paid, like here's what the value of that is, right? But very quickly, I like started to put stuff together. Like I remember uh, I coached debate in high school and uh, I, I coached high school students uh, debating in college, in my uh, sophomore year in college, I coached. And so I remember I got my first check. This is the first money I ever made in my entire life, right? And so my first check, I think, was like $450, right? Which to me was an insane amount of money. It was so much money. And I remember I got, I like did, I had a checking account and I went to the Chase Bank. I cashed the check. I didn't deposit it. I cashed it. I cashed the check. My brother drove me there and I took the money and I hit him in the face with it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm rich. Right. 
And so that was like my understanding of money as a teenager, as a young 20 something. And very quickly I learned, uh, like I got, like I did that stuff. And then I got my first job. I was doing QA testing at electronic arts and I went on a date and I was driving my mom's Camry wagon. It's 95 Camry wagon. My mom gave me that car. And I would, I have been driving that car since like, I think my senior year in high school. And I remember I went on a date and the place had to valet park. Okay. Ooh, and so fancy. And I was so embarrassed to like drive this Camry wagon. Right. At the time that was still, I was, I still didn't know who I was. I was still sort of coming into myself. And so I wasn't confident enough to just be driving my Camry wagon. Right. It's like, what are people going to think of me? Right. And so uh, I didn't give my keys to the valet until everybody else had like done it so that my car would come last. So no one would see that I was driving the Camry wagon. Okay. And so this happens. And that night I'm like, I have to get a new car. Right. That night I'm like, I have to get a new car. And so like that, I would say was my first big lesson on money is getting caught up in wanting to be cool and wanting to be something for somebody else. People who don't care at all. Don't even notice me. Right. Like no one's, you don't, depending on who you are, you don't realize no one's paying attention to you until you get older. Right. Like you're paying attention to yourself. But no one else is worried about you, dude. Everybody's like in their own world doing their own thing. But I remember I'm like, I gotta get a new car. And so I'm like looking at cars. And at the time, I'm like 21, 22. And I uh, bought a Jetta, I bought an 06 Jetta. I was so in love with this car. And I completely overextended myself, right? Completely overextended myself. I didn't take into account insurance. I didn't take into account, uh, I was working QA, so we worked a lot of overtime. So my checks were variable, right? Because it's like some weeks I would work seven days a week, 10 hours a day. And then some weeks I would work 40 hours, right? And the difference between those two checks was huge. And so mm -hmm. I was like mapping out the payments on me working overtime every week, right? Mistake, yeah. big mistake. And so I remember like, man, I was struggling. Right. I was struggling and I was so like prideful. I didn't ask anybody for help. Right. Until it was like, until it was too, like it was too late. Right. Until it's like, not, well, not too late, but until it's like, I'm in real bad shape. Right. Where it's like, I'm overdrawn and I got a, a payment coming up and like, I'm asking my brother for like $400. Right. And it's just like, dude, what am I doing? And uh, so that's a, that's a rough way to learn about money. And maybe if I had a job as a kid, I would have learned about money sooner. Uh, the good news is I didn't like ruin my life learning about money in a hard way because there are some people that do, right? That get in too deep on some real heavy stuff. And right. then they're like, they ruin their credit or they get up in really bad debt. Like I didn't do that, uh, but it was definitely rough. And maybe learning about money sooner would have made that less rough. I don't know. Love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Let's move yeah. on to our uh, second topic of the day, which is education. Okay. Um, tell us, uh, who were you in high school? Uh, I was the secret nerd in high school. That's who I was. Secret nerd. Secret nerd. So what, so what, that, what that means is a couple things. Uh, so every, I assume every high school has like different cliques and different sort of social circles and everyone sort of tries to find their place. And so I remember in middle school, I went to this uh, school called Hughes, which is now an academy. 
And so I had to interview to get into the middle school, right? So I had to interview, I had to like play the violin and like play it in front of like the proctor, right? As part of the interview, like that's the kind of school this is, right? Just like to set the stage. And so I was one of maybe 20 black kids at the school, if that, right? And in in LA and in law, I was in Long Beach. That's pretty rare. Like Long Beach is not majority black, obviously. There's a lot of black people in Long Beach. And so it's rare to go to a school where there are a lot of black people. And so I went from that middle school to a high school that was like almost majority black. And so it was a big culture shock for me because the black friends that I had was like my brother and my sisters. Like I had like one black friend in middle school. And so I didn't understand that there was a way to act black and there was a way of what that was supposed to look like. Right. Mm. And so I remember coming into high school and sort of that like, oh, no. I'm not cool. The way that I act and the way that I talk, like it's not going to work here, right? I gotta, I gotta make an adjustment. I gotta be something else because I want, because I want to be cool, right? I want to hang out with the cool kids. Like I, I want people like to think I'm cool, right? And so I was like creating this version of Lewis, like this cool Lewis, this Lewis that could like hang out with the cool kids and whatever else. And so I remember like the group of friends that I had. It feels very kind of self-centered, like, oh, yeah, we were the cool kids. But we were. Whatever. It is it is what it is. And so I remember hanging with that group of kids and always not feeling on edge. On edge is too strong, but always performing, right? Like, all the things that I liked, I didn't talk about. Like, I have, like, you know, like, I have a cool bar. Like, I have, like, a painting of cool bar behind me. Like, I would never talk to those kids about, like, Yuhak Show or about Dragon Ball Z or about like Big O, or all like, or about like Neon Genesis Evangelion, like all the stuff that I was watching. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the best, right? But I couldn't talk to anybody at school about that. Cause it's like, right. none of these dudes know about this stuff, right? And I'm also not giving them the credit that maybe they did, but I was too afraid. I was too afraid to talk about that. And so uh, I did, right? And I did debate in high school, which was super important to me. It taught me about a lot about philosophy. It taught me a lot about being comfortable speaking in public. And I told nobody that I did that, right? And I remember uh, in my junior year, we won the state championship, okay? And so for the school, that was a super big deal, right? One of their debate teams won the state championship. And so the school wanted to do this big thing where they're gonna have us like come up on like this, like the podium and the big quad and do a thing. And I just didn't come to school that day. Ah. I did not come. I'm like, there's no chance you're doing this. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. There's no chance you're doing this to me. Like, there's no chance, right? I'm not talking about this at all. That's uh, wild. So that's why I was in high school. Okay, that's wild. Uh, I, I I love that. I love that. The 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 struggles of uh, of peer pressure and, and the performing. Yeah. Um, what can you can you elaborate more on this? Uh, like how to be black. You know. Yeah, from- for sure, man. Over uh, here. I mean, I I think that there's like sort of an explosion, an exposure to culture, right? And so like back then, uh, this is like early 2000s, early and mid 2000s. So it's like BET is still pop culture, right? Like BET hasn't died yet. And so it's like 106 in Park. And this is like the, towards the end of like Crunk and that sort of like rap phase and like West Coast rap is still big because we live on the West Coast. But it's like everybody wants to be a rapper, right? Everybody is like super hard. Everybody doesn't care. 
everybody uh everybody is like broke everybody like came from nothing and you know and i didn't have i didn't I, that wasn't my life right that wasn't my experience like i had two parents i lived in a house right, right, right. like i had never really struggled for anything in my life at that point right like my life as far as like middle class life was pretty easy and so for me i felt like a fraud right where it's like i don't have any of these experiences right like my friends like live in apartments and have always lived in apartments and like are single like are like uh kids of single parent households and like some of my friends like legitimately sell drugs right like that's just what they do and like i would never i never that was never even a thought in my mind right where it's like why would i would just ask my mom for money right it was like such a simple thing for me and it made me realize like how different my experience was in all these people and so it was like okay i can't talk about that experience i can't talk about like this is my life and like i just go home and see my parents and it's nice right like i can't talk about that so it's like either a i make up something right and i make up this sort of lifestyle or b i just don't talk about anything right and for me, it was B of just, I don't really talk about my home life. Uh, I just kind of fit in, right? So it's also the way you dress, right? And so for context, I'm not a big guy. I'm like 5'11", maybe 180 pounds. And so now I wear like a medium shirt. And I think in my pants, were like a 28, 30, right? Let's say. Uh, in high school, I was wearing 3X shirts. And I was wearing like my pants, I, I was wearing like 36 size pants. Right. I was wearing these massive, massive clothes, right? Like all my throwback jerseys and all this stuff, some of which I legitimately did think was cool. But a lot of it was just like, this is just how we dress, right? Like, this is just what it looks like. This is what I'm supposed to wear, right? I got to have my fresh Air Force Ones. I got to have my fresh throwback jersey. I got to wear my wave cap, uh, all this stuff, right? This is just what I'm, this is what I look like, right? This is how I'm supposed to look because I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to stand out, right? I don't want to be open. Like, I don't want to like draw attention to myself, right? Because that is like, because then I have to answer questions. Then I have to explain myself. Then I have to explain who I really am, right? Mm. And that was like, I wasn't ready to do that. Mm. What would you What would you say to like, uh, I guess to the, to the black kids right now who are coming from that transition of middle school to, to high school where they, are thrown into a situation similar to you, you know, what are like the top three tips? <sighs> I, I would say a couple of things. I think things are a lot different now. I think what is pop culture now is very different than what was pop culture when I was young. Anime is cool now, right? Like mass. I was, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, ma it's mass, it's mass popularity, right? Like if people wear, like you come to school in a Dragon Ball Z shirt, nobody's making fun of you, right? Nobody's like trying to roast you about a Dragon Ball Z shirt. If you come into if you come to school with like a Jujutsu Kaisen shirt, like I don't think people are coming at you like that anymore. Uh, so I, I do think that sort of what the culture is has changed. But I think the overall thing is still the same, which is if you don't feel like what your experience is matches what people expect it to be, so mm. what do you do with that? Right. Because what the expectations are may change, but like that situation is always going to be there. And so it's hard, right? Because I think there's a certain level of confidence and belief in yourself you have to have to, to feel comfortable just to be who you are, right? Because I can say that I didn't get that comfortable until like 11th and 12th grade. And for me, when I did, no one cared, right? I think that was like the biggest thing that I realized is that 
people for the most part like you for how you act and like what you say and like you being funny or interesting or whatever like your clothes are kind of whatever for the most part it's like it's a thing we'll make fun of you for but it's like but if we like you we like you right right uh and that's what i learned is that it's more so it, what matters more is who you are and less what you look like which sounds really corny uh but a lot of times it's really true like if you're a cool person to be around no one really cares what you wear dude like Absolutely. people just want to be around you because you're fun right because you're fun or you're funny or you're interesting or you're smart or you're helpful or any number of like positive like personality traits right and i would say those are the things that really matter right are you a person that is fun to be around is enjoyable to be around makes people feel good right because if you are none of that other stuff really matters love that i love that what are what are uh, what are two defining moments in your life and how did they impact you two defining moments in my life uh ooh, okay defining moment number one was uh, I, so I worked at Activision, uh, working on Call of Duty for like eight years of my life. And so I remember uh, I had been doing public speaking and debate for a very long time. And so I felt very comfortable doing public speaking. Uh, and I remember we had a presentation for one of the Call of Duty studios. And so we flew up to San Francisco to give a presentation. And I remember my boss at the time was this guy, Josh, Josh Harbo. And Josh Harbo uh taught me what it meant to be a good boss and it's something that i like keep with me today and like the lessons that he taught me and sort of like the belief that he had in me oh man i'm about to get misty uh and so uh josh was like all right man you got it like it's your presentation like i'll like pop in but like this is your thing to run right and so i don't think i ever felt that i lacked in confidence but seeing somebody else who's like, even though like I was the one leading it, like I'm on his team. If this thing goes bad, it's his fault, right? Like this is Josh's presentation, this is Josh's team. So like I represent him. And like, he just had like complete faith in me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe in you, dude. Like you're gonna do great. I got it, like you got it. Like what all those like, I'm gonna hang out, right? Uh, and it kind of like made me realize like so much of how far you get in life is of course on you, but it's also on like people enabling you and people believing in you and people putting you in spots to succeed. Right. And like, he put me in that spot. It was a, it was a super important meeting for me at the time of my career. And I remember it went so well and it sort of like shifted the level of confidence that I had in that environment. Right. And sort of my level of confidence talked to anybody at any time. And it didn't matter. Right. Like you're a senior director, you're a VP, like whatever, you're a guy, right. Like you're a guy that has a job. And so am I. And so I'm going to like talk to you like I would talk to anybody else. Right. And that was my first time really being in a big, important like situation like that. And somebody having the confidence like, yeah, you're, you're good, man. Do your thing. Uh, and that kind of like set me on the path to where I am now in my career. And sort of that's kind of the boss that I want to be. Mm. And I try to be as somebody who enables my people to succeed and somebody who believes in my people and tries to get them paid and tries to get them good positions and you know, like tries to believe in, in the way that people have believed in me to get me where I am, right? Because you can be super talented, but if you never get a shot, you know, where are you, right? And so if I didn't get that shot, where am I? I don't know. So that, that, that I would say is, is one moment. And the other moment I would say is, uh, this is like a, a, like a love life kind of thing. So 
uh, I've had a few long-term relationships in my life. And most of the time, uh, actually all the time, I've been the one that broke up with them, which I don't know what that says about me, but like, whatever. Uh, and so I remember in my mid twenties, I was with my partner and this was the person that I wanted to be with for, rest, for the rest of my life. I was like certain, right? I was so, I was more certain of that than of anything else. And I remember I found out she was cheating on me and it broke my heart, right? It was like the legitimately the first time like I'd had my heart broken in my life, right? Like the, like this real, real like pain that I was not familiar with. Like I thought I'd have my heart broken before. I'm like, nope, wrong. This is, this is what it feels like, right? And so I remember that happened literally in the middle of me looking for a house. And so... The two of you guys, the house with yeah, the two yeah, yeah. of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that happened, and I remember I was so depressed, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't talk to anybody about it for like weeks, for months, honestly. And I remember during that, I was like, I'm still buying this house. Like, I have. It's. I don't know if this is healthy, uh, but. I was like, I have to win. Like, this is like, I have to like, keep going, right? Like, I can't let this stop me. I can't let like, just being sad, like prevent me from doing the things I want to do. And so I, I like looked at smaller houses, right? Like, okay, it's just me now, right? Uh, but this is still going to happen. Like, I still have to do this. This is what I want to do. Like, regardless of who's with me, this is what I'm going to do. And so I like went forward with it and I bought my house. And that's one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Maybe the best. Uh, and it was super scary. And I felt really alone. And I just, I overcame, right? I just didn't, I didn't just sit in like the sadness that I wanted to sit in. Because there was a lot of me that just was sad and just didn't want to do anything, right? And I just didn't, and it's, it's super I don't want to just like kind of dismiss depression or dismiss like being sad because it's real. It's super real. And it's, it's, it's not just, it's not as easy for everybody else to be like, you know, I'm just going to do this stuff anyway. You know, like sometimes you can't, but for me, that's what I did. I just, I just couldn't let that stop me. And I, I went forward with it. Do you, do you think watching anime had a lot to do with that? <laughs> I think that like, in a serious way, though, right? I think one of the things that I do have is like main character syndrome, right? Where it's like, yo, I'm the main character. Like these you things, are the main I'm you the main are. character. These things are going to happen because this is about me. Like I'm the main character. I'm going to make this stuff happen because like things are made, like I'm. Things are meant for me to make it happen. And I'm going to make it happen because this story is about me. Right. I, I do think that is like part of like my self belief is like that kind of insanity. Right. Of like, yo, like this is my story. Like I'm going to make it happen. You know, like regardless. Right. That's how it is. That's how it is. I, I uh, let's move on to the last topic. <laughs> I, 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 what, what is love? Tell us, what is love? Oof. What is love? That's hard. Okay, I'll, I'll say what love is for me, right? Because I don't know what love is. Because I think love is different for everybody. I think we all experience love in very different ways. And I think I think that's one of the, the, the cruxes of why people don't work, right? Is because what we expect and sort of the love that we give or the love that we want to receive is very different, right? 
for me, love is, it's excitement. It is, I'm just super excited to tell this person all the mundane garbage of my life, right? And I'm so excited to hear just the most uninteresting thing from them because I just like to listen to them, right? I just want to be around them. Just being around them like fills me up in a way that other things don't. For me, love is uh, the desire to be like a better version of yourself. Like that is something that I definitely think about when like I think about the times in my life when I've really been in love. And it made me want to do things and want to be better and want to do better primarily for that person uh, in ways that I don't for myself, right? Like there's a certain level of like, obviously I always want to do better. I always want my life to be better, but it's not the same as doing it for somebody else. Um, yeah. Good. Doing it for someone else. Tell us, I see, I see a lot of, uh, you know, I see a lot of anime stuff in your mm -hmm. background. Um, what do you love anime? What was your, what was your kind of your first experience? I do. Absolutely. I do. I mean, so you can't really see it too well, but I have like a big Jujutsu Kaisen tattoo on my arm uh, and I'll probably get more anime tattoos before this is over. Uh, so I fell in love with anime uh, in my early teens, right? With, I think, what was a similar story to a lot of people in our age range, which is watching Toonami, right? Watching Cartoon Network Toonami and that being sort of your introduction to anime outside of like uh, stuff that was on, I think for me, it was like Channel 5 cartoons. So I think mm -hmm. Channel 5 had like Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff, which is anime for sure, but like not to the level of something like a Dragon Ball Z or like a Ron, uh, Roni Kenshin, or uh, Big O, which I would I, I would say I would put up there as well, or uh, Neon Gen Seven Galeon, or stuff like that. And I remember watching that stuff for Gundam, and just being blown away because in my mind, cartoons were for children, right? Which I think is is a, like a I don't think it's as big a misnomer now as it was back then, but it was definitely how I framed cartoons in my mind. And so I remember watching cartoons that were super violent, uh, super adult storylines that were complex and emotional and incredibly beautiful and just did things that you couldn't do with other mediums, right? Like the way that stories are told, the way that characters are defined are things you can't do in live action, right? And for me, it was just like, oh my, it was like a sort of like a breakthrough of like, oh my God, this is, this is the best. Like, oh my God, like, does everybody else know about this, right? Does everybody know, else know how good this stuff is, right? <laughs> uh and just sort of like that moment of like this is this is my favorite thing this is the thing that i like right and then the the secondary discovery of like this is like just a little teensy bit right because watching anime as a kid you don't know how old this stuff is right you don't realize like oh dude anime is like well before you're born like this isn't a new invention of like the early 2000s like this thing is already 20 years old when i'm you know 10 right, right. At, at least depending on like how far you want to go back like to Astro Boy and that kind of stuff. Uh, but like also realize that there's just, just so much here. There's like, I'll never get through all of this, which depending on how you feel can either feel really daunting or really exciting. And for me, it was really exciting where it's like, dude, there's so much more good stuff. Like I'll just be able to watch it for the rest of my life, right? Like I'll be able to watch this stuff for the rest of my life and like never run out of good stuff to watch. Love that. Absolutely. When you, when you, uh, I just wanted, I just wanted to hear your story about yeah. anime. 
let's move let's move let's move to uh to more family stuff sure um i have a lot of uh i talk to a lot of kids and and they're they're unable to communicate with their parents you know they're like oh my dad doesn't understand me my mom doesn't understand me yeah. or it's like oh i can't share this with my brother or, or, or sister or whatnot you know what would you what's your relationship like with your with your family as i've gotten older i realize how good it is uh and i think when you're younger you don't have context for what other people's family relationships are all you really know is your own right and so when i was younger i thought like eh like me and my family moderately close. Like my context is like TV and like maybe like the a few friends that I know well enough to know their family and like my family, right? And then as I got older, I realized like my family's incredibly close. They're mm. way closer than anybody else. Where it's like I see my mom, I try to see my mom at least like twice a month, if not like more than that, right? And I talk to my mom like every other day. Uh, I try to see my brother just as often. And I talk to my brother every single day. I talk to my brother, like whether like through text or Instagram or we are equal to call each other. Right. And my brother is like, the reason I have this tattoo, this tattoo is about my brother. Like my brother is my best friend is my life partner is like everything, dude. And I didn't realize how lucky I am to have that. Cause you don't get to pick, you know, you just get what you get, you know, you're born and it's like, Hey, here's your mom. Here's your dad. Here's your brother. Hope you like them, you know, but it's not like friends where you get to like pick and choose, like you get what you get and mm -hmm. to like have a brother and like my sisters who I love, uh, it's, it's super, super, I'm super lucky. I'm super grateful to have that. Um, and like me and my dad have gotten closer as I've gotten older, I think cause I've, I've kind of been more forgiving of my dad. Not, not to say that my dad was like a bad guy or anything. I think my dad is like an old black guy from a different time. Like my dad didn't. What's up? Was elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad. The first time I remember my dad telling me he loved me, I was in my mid twenties. Right, and like he said it, and like my first reaction was like, "What do you want me to do with that?" Right, like little late dog you know like a little late to the party right and i was like definitely resentful right of like that where it's like huh like what are you coming to me with that mess like now for right and i remember like kind of sitting with it and giving it some time and it's like i i'm lucky enough to have grown up and to been enabled to just kind of be a man in whatever way i wanted to right where it's like the sort of rules of you have to can't cry and you have to be tough and you got to do this and you got to do that. If you want to be a man, you got to do these 30 things, regardless of if they make you unhappy. Right. Like I didn't have that burden. Right. I was lucky enough to be enabled to just be who I wanted to be for the most part. Right. And like the, the burdens that I put on myself were the one, like I put them there, like no one put them on there for me. And he wasn't lucky enough to have that. Right. Like my dad dropped out of school when he was in middle school, dude. Uh, and was has raised a family his entire life, right? And it's sort of you have this expectation of your parents to be these perfect people, and it's like they're just people trying to figure it out, right? And they're gonna make mistakes, they're gonna struggle like everybody else. Like I, you, you don't really give other people the same grace that you give yourself, and I think it's it's really hard to do, especially when you felt like personally wronged or like personally upset by something that happened it's hard to give people that grace of like they're just they're trying their best dude you know and like they're gonna make mistakes on the way 
Can you give a can you give a personal story about you know what your dad has done to you in the past that made you feel you know kind of like resentful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's a super angry dude, uh, and he would go off about everything. And I think it's part of why I don't ever get mad now, because I always looked at that to me as like super weak, and it made me think less of my dad because like my dad would just blow up about anything. Like I remember I didn't take out the trash. And he slammed the side door and like broke the glass on it, right? And I'm just like, it's the trash, dude. Like, what are we talking about here, right? And like, that was like, not him like breaking the glass, like him having those kind of blowups, like was not uncommon, right? Where it was just like things that I thought of as like very innocuous, he just couldn't, he would just go off. And so like, who wants to be close to somebody like that, right? Like, who wants to be around somebody like that? And so for me, like, it just turned into, like, I just don't acknowledge this guy, right? Like, I just don't want to talk to him. I don't want to be around him. Like, I just don't want him in my life. Because you, like, you just aren't a positive. You're not even even a positive person. You just suck to be around, dude. Like, because you're just always mad about nothing. Like, there's so many things in life that like are important and that matter. And you're mad and you're like investing all this like rage about nothing. Uh, and so, yeah, like that made me just super distant. And I, I think the other thing is that my dad never shared my interests, right? Like my dad didn't know how to really share my interests. And so like, we didn't talk, right? Like even before I kind of like made that transition, like I don't want to be around this dude, even before then. Like, we didn't really talk about anything, right? Where it's, like, basketball. Like, my dad isn't into sports. When I was young, I was super into basketball, super into football. Couldn't talk to him about that. Couldn't talk to him about cartoons. Couldn't talk to him about schoolwork because he didn't graduate middle school, you know? So it's, like, what do I talk to my dad about? Nothing, right? Like, my brother, by and large, was, like, what I thought of as my dad growing up. Like, he was the person that I talked to about, like, like liking girls and having sex and uh being afraid of stuff right like i couldn't talk to my dad because like who knows how my dad's gonna react right like he doesn't know how to have these kind of conversations and so for me it was just like he just wasn't a person that i felt like any kind of connection to and now it's now it's gotten better as you got older you have more yeah yes 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 and no i think as i've gotten older i've made more space right for who my dad is and like his limitations, right? Um, and I think as he's gotten older, he's grown up some. And I think that he's kind of gotten more comfortable with expressing himself. And he still has his problems, as we all do, right? Uh, and I think the other thing for me is sort of as your parents get older, you realize like you don't have them forever, dude. You know? Like my dad's about to be 70. And it's like, I have no idea how much longer I have left with my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like the question I would ask myself is like, what do I get out of like being mad at my dad? Right. Like what do what do I get from that? Right. Because for some people, it's like actually like I'm out, right? Like I'm out forever and like it like keeps me safe, it keeps me happy, it keeps me comfortable. And for those people, like I understand, right? Like there are some like relationships that are so toxic, you just have to completely cut. And I appreciate that. But like that wasn't me. Like that wasn't my experience, right? And so I had to ask myself, like, cool, like your dad sucked. Now what? Like, now what do you do? Right. 
Mm. Like, do you just like, are you just mad forever? Cause he like was in his forties and like, wasn't great. Right. Or do you just kind of like move on? Right. Because it doesn't do anything for me. Right. Like I don't feel any happier, like not talking to my dad. Right. Like, I don't feel like, like satisfied or, or anything from it really. I just don't feel anything. And so it's like, okay, cool. So then now what do you want to do? Right. Like, do you want to have some kind of relationship? Because it's going to take effort on your part. Because, like, your dad is, like, still going to struggle with that stuff, right? Like, he was never taught. He never was given space to learn. And so, like, you're going to have to do some of that work, right? And, like, is that something that you're willing to do? And so, for me, it is, right? It's something that I I, I am willing to do. And, like, trying to find, like, things that I do connect with my dad. Like, as I've gotten older, like, I've gotten more into cars. And that was something that my dad was always super into. He was always, like incredibly knowledgeable about cars, incredibly knowledgeable about motorcycles. He was somebody who built a ton of cars when he was growing up. He was somebody that still builds cars today, right? And so it was like finding things that kind of let him open up, right? And let him be the best version of himself. I love that. I love that, making an effort. I like your uh, I like your thinking process. You know, it's very, like, like you mentioned, you're like the hero of the story. <laughs> Oh, I'm not gonna let this keep me down. I'm gonna. I'm. It's gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a success. I try. Um, with uh, in terms of uh, I guess uh, romantic relationships. Then, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? What was was your uh? Was that the last relationship you were in? With no, no, that was in my mid twenties. I've been in a ton of relationships since then. What was your uh? Who was your first love? Ooh, my first love was Camille Mason. Uh. Camille Mason, uh, so we uh, dated in sixth grade, right? And I wasn't ready to date girls yet, right? And so I remember, I think, like, in like, I remember her very vividly. Like, the details of, like, how we first got together, like, if, if she, like, in some weird world ever saw this, she might, like, contest my description. Uh, but I remember, like, her asking me out, or, like, to be her boyfriend or something. And I just, like, was like, yeah, sure. Like, I didn't know what to do, right? I'm in sixth grade, like, 11? whatever, however old you are in sixth grade. And I said, yes, right? But I had no idea, like, what that even meant. Like, do I like girls? Like, do I, like, what does it even mean to like girls? Like, I had no grip on any of that. And mm-hmm. so, like, we broke up, like, a week later, and, like, her friend, like, yelled at me. It was just, like, it's sixth grade. This is what happens, right? And then I remember two years later in eighth grade, uh, we got back together. And, like, that was, like, my first real, like, relationship was in eighth grade. And, like, we dated, like, the entirety of eighth grade, like, until, like, the summer of, like, between eighth and ninth grade. We went to different schools and then, like, broke up. But I remember being so into her at the time, right? And so I think it's, like, it's my first love as far as how I understood love in my, like, mind at that time. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, now being 33, about to be 34, like, my first real love was uh, this person, Liz, who I dated when I was in my mid-20s. Uh, but, like, young love, it was, it was, it was Camille Mason. Got it. I love that. All right. So uh, before we wrap it up, um, what are uh, what are two pieces of life advice you have for the kids? Two pieces of life advice. Uh, piece number one, I would say, is no one is going to want something for you as bad as you are for yourself. Uh, and there are times when you'll need other people's help. Uh, and there are times when you won't be in complete control of what you want or where you want to go. Uh, But if you don't want that thing, and if you aren't willing to put in the effort for that thing, no one's going to want to help you, dude. 
Like no one's going to want to invest in you if you aren't all in on this thing. Right. And so my, my advice would be, don't be afraid to commit to stuff. Uh, a mistake that I made when I was younger is I wanted to be so cool. And at the time to me being cool was being indifferent. Right. And like, Oh, I don't care. Like whatever it's whatever, dude, I don't care. Right. And that was sort of what being cool meant. I said, that was the most important thing was being cool. And like, if you're cool, you're never trying that hard. You're never that into stuff because that makes you vulnerable, right? Because if you're really committed to something and you fail, that feels really bad, right? And so I have to protect myself. I just, I'll just be cool and never commit to stuff. And that's a mistake. Um, commit. If you want something, if that's something that you are really interested in, if that's something that you really enjoy, don't be afraid to like put all your eggs in that basket, right? And like put your, all of yourself into pursuing that thing. Because if that fails, right? And then you don't get it or you don't succeed, cool. You know, you did all you could, right? Like you, you put everything you had into it and you didn't get it. That really sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. That's going to feel terrible, right? But at the end of it, you did everything you could. There's nothing for you to look back on and be like, man, if I would have done this or I would have done that. No, it's like I did everything and I didn't get it. Right. Or you did. But there's no regret on your own effort. Right. The other things that you can't control, you can't control. And those might go wrong or whatever. But if you're doing everything that you can, you know, you can. It's it's so much easier to move on and to like move on to committing to something else when you when you put all your all yourself into something. Uh, so that's a, that's that's one piece of advice I would give. And, commit. and it's like commit, like commit. Don't be afraid to commit. Don't be afraid to give all yourself to something. And the and the second piece of advice I would say is, uh, give people the same. Take care of yourself and be thoughtful and be forgiving of yourself, and try to give that same thoughtfulness and forgiveness uh, forgiveness to other people. Because I think that there's like two kind of things that happen. I think that there are some people that are incredibly unforgiving of themselves and don't give themselves the grace to make mistakes and to be bad at things and to screw up. And you will. And I will. I will do that until I die. I will make mistakes forever. Right. Like it's never going to stop. And the, the sooner you kind of come to terms with that, where it's like, guess what? Uh, no matter how good you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how good you are at a certain thing, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. You're going to do something. It's like, oh, my God, why did I do that? And you don't even know why you did it. And you did it. And you're like, ah, right. And giving yourself the grace of like, yeah, that sucks. But it's OK. You know, like I'll be here tomorrow and I'm going to try again. Right. And in that same token, to give that grace to other people, uh, because we're all just like people trying our best, right? Like trying our best, trying to figure stuff out and I think by and large, most people are trying to do what they think is good, you know, and like what they think is good might not be what you think is good. Uh, but I think by and large, that's what most people are trying to do. I think most people are trying to do their best or trying to do good by themselves and by other people. And like, there'll be conflicts within that, but to try your best to be open to other people having good intentions and trying to think about when you're wronged from that perspective of did this person try to wrong you was this person's intention to wrong you or did it happen right because sometimes like i've i've wronged a lot of people in my life i'm 100 certain i have right uh 
And by and large, when I have, it was a mistake. It was a thing that I did. And either I didn't think they would feel the way they felt, or I just didn't think at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and to give people that same grace and yeah, that's what I would say. I love it. Okay. Uh, final question for me is what anime character do you relate to most that would define you? Oof. Big question. Um, <laughs> big, this is the biggest question of all. What anime character would I relate to the most? Um, I'm looking around my office right now at all the characters that I have. And I, I feel like it changes as I get older, but one character that I, I definitely relate to, and I will like tilt my camera up a little bit so you can see him, is uh, Yusuke Urameshi, is a character that I relate to a lot. And I think as I've gotten older, I like I, I see a lot of like a younger version of myself is like a lot of like, Yusuke tendencies, mm. where it was like so tough and so unwilling to be vulnerable to other people. And as I got older, uh, and I think as he got older in the series, uh, becoming more comfortable with being vulnerable and with uh, expressing your love for your for your for your people, right? For your friends, like man, the love that I have for my friends is it's something so intense and it's so nice. I'm tear up a little bit here. Uh, and it's something that I didn't appreciate until I got older, until I like appreciated how deep those connections were and sort of what those connections meant for me. And I think that's something that he kind of struggled with and then came to terms with over the course of the series. I think I was like in the series of my life, uh, whatever episode I'm on, uh, I would say that's something that I'm kind of, I've kind of come to terms with as well. I love that. I love that. Well, then. Uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the community hotline today. Uh, before I forget, um, if you guys are interested in jumping on the community hotline, uh, feel free to send me a message. Um, and then if you are going through something um, and you feel like you don't have friends or you don't have anyone to talk to, you can text home to 741-741. That is a real number. Um, it's actually a national hotline. Um, so other than that, um, have a great day, guys.